drank the dark clouds deeper and ran the wild moon hunting alive with fur and feather as omen apparition we left the moon suspended and leapt back onto the ground Welcome to the Antipodean Arts Podcast, Episode 7. And I'll take this time and this moment to acknowledge the traditional owners of this country that we are recording in, that we live in, the Yagara and Turrbal people. Sovereignty has never been ceded. This is sovereign country, and these peoples are sovereign. I acknowledge their elders, past, present, and emerging. I acknowledge culture and the survival of culture and language and ceremony and ways of relating and ways of art and ways of government that are native to this country. I also acknowledge the suffering and the violence in the land from the continued occupation of imperialist Britain. And I acknowledge the power of the people of this place to find healing and to find connection and to find wisdom. Beautifully said, darling. How are you this evening? Oh, look, it's been a long week. It has been a long week. <laughs> That's how I feel. Yeah. It's been a long Energetically, week. Energetically, and everyone's been, I mm, mean, mm-hmm. except for my mother who called me on Wednesday to talk about stuff that was on the weekend, that she was keen as mustard. Yeah. She was, it couldn't go fast enough for her. Everyone else I spoke to was... Mm. This is this is a lot. Yeah, and yeah. I and I'm glad that I can start to feel like the spring, the emergence of things, and I am, you know, like the, it's just been it's just been a heavy time, mm. you know, astrologically, five planets in retrograde, all that eclipse nonsense. <laughs> I was ju- I just felt like I was just under the thumb of Capricorn, and even though I am a like I consider Saturn a beloved, like I, I feel like Saturn is a beloved of mine. Um, I I. I it was a bit challenging for me to to deal with. How about you, girl? Yeah, about the same. About the same. I have to say that full moon and eclipse uh-huh. kicked me right in the pants. Mm-hmm. In the pantaloons. In the pantaloons. In the pantaloons. And made me a little bit stressed. Yeah. A little bit. I'm still dealing with some grief and I'm dealing, yeah. I'm processing some different things as well and doing some personal work and, um, as I said before, initiation, initiation. Mm-hmm, of, mm-hmm. It should never be comfy it should be pushing you and should be the unknown yeah but it was a hell of a week to be doing it in yeah, <laughs> yeah. but apart from that I, sh- I mean I really don't have anything to complain about everything mm-hmm. has been great uh, work's been awesome this week I've had some really interesting interesting people come in and out mm-hmm. and wonderful people um yeah, and the weather, like you mentioned, has just been perfect. I love it when it's yeah. cold. And in those Brisbane. pristine, like <gasps> cerulean blue, blue skies sky. that like the wintry Brisbane thing does. Yes. I'm just like, I look up at those skies and just feel so, so in awe of them. Um, Likewise. They're very specific to this bioregion as well. They like are. other, other, other places don't have that that particular sparkling effervescent wintry sky like that or you know maybe mil- mil- many do but i haven't been to them yet yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah look no, we're the only ones that have the, we're the only one <laughs> um so like 
We could just keep bantering, but I'm super excited because we have this guest we here. Have a Would you like guest. to introduce our guest? So we have the wonderful Kageni with us. Hi, um, darling. How are you? I'm really good. Hey, guys. Thank hey. you so much for coming in. Thank you so much. You guys are like the magnificent ones. Oh. And everyone else is listening to this. Oh, thank you, darling. <laughs> well, that's how we feel about you. Yeah. Huh? Oh, thank you. So, Kageni, you are an incredible um, African healer. You are originally from Kenya? Yes. So you said before something beautiful. What was it? You were born in Kenya? Your <laughs> oh, heart my, is roots, home. my roots are in Kenya. My wings are in Australia. And the mm. world is an oyster. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> so I had the great honor of meeting you again through the wonderful shops that Fio oh. and I work at. So Kageni came in um, one day and, I mean... That was it. We've been thick as thieves and I've been dying to get you on here to have a chat with you. That's it because I was carrying a wand. (laughs) You are hard to miss, darling, with that wand. Gorgeous. And she's here tonight, isn't she? We mm-hmm. will have to take a photo and put it on. Uh, yeah, definitely. We'll, on we'll definitely Facebook. do that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the interesting thing is that every bead, because it has you know thousands and thousands of beads, each bead has a prayer. Ah. And did you craft Sorry. this wand? I manifested it. Yeah. Wow. It's beautiful. Thank you. So I guess this is our chance to find out more about mm. you and I ask know. you about what you do. I know that's a huge question to start with, like, who are you? What do you do? <laughs> and put you on the spot. That's all right. But, yeah, could you explain a little bit about it, your work? You know, it's really funny. As I was sitting here, I just called upon the ancestors and I said, please, can you give me the answers before even they ask the questions? <laughs> Perfect. So, yeah, so it's really <laughs> good to be here. Um, so I'm an African spiritual healer. And I didn't start my journey that way. I came to Australia because I came to study electrical power engineering. Yes. So that's actually my professional background. And you can imagine what my family thought when I said I'm quitting engineering. (laughs) 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 You know, to follow what my great-great-grandmother used to do. And so it has been a journey. And I say this, I've just found that being the African spiritual healer, it's who I am. Mm. The engineer is what I was or what I am. Yeah. The big difference. And did you feel like, I know for me, um, uh, like we've just met, but I already feel like, oh, I think there may be some similarities in our past because I was, I was born in Bali and born into a very like enculturated, um, very, um, very living culture of animism and spirituality. I'm wondering about like, and and I kind of knew, I knew from age 11, I'm wondering um, that I was this thing that I am. And I'm wondering what were the, what were your experiences as an, as an adolescent with the other world or the inner world or the divine Mm. um, with, with, with us, with spirit. Do you, what were your earliest um, connections to that? For me, it's actually when I was a child. Mm-hmm. I I knew things before they happened, mm-hmm. and it kind of freaks people around you. <laughs> so I'll give you an example. One day, uh, we used to have this nanny who used to come wash the clothes, and then she'd go home at the end of the day. And my mom came home, and she said, Hey, Kageni, um, there was some money in my pocket, and I can't find it. Do you know where it is? Yeah. And I said, Oh, yeah. She took it and she put it in a blue container and she dug a hole next to a tree and hid it there. Yeah. I have no idea how I knew that. And so that's how mine used to come through and mm. yeah. And so it kind of unfolded like that. And yeah. so wh- so how when did that start to gain like momentum in your life and you and you I, and you kind of were f- connected more? 
I denied it for the next 20 years. Holy Because this is what happened, you know, um, let me put it like, I started seeing things and I could see like um, Jesus. Mm. And what would happen, kids in school start teasing me and say, saying, oh, you're little Jesus. And, you know, you want to be cool. You want uh-huh. friends. Yep. <laughs> so it's much easier to suppress who you are. And was this still in Kenya or Australia? Kenya. Kenya. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because I moved to Australia when I was 18. When you were 18, do, sure. To come do uni. Mm. Yep. Yeah. So um, so it's just been um, a journey. I don't know if you've heard the story of the Golden Buddha whereby mm. there was um, a village in Tibet and the enemy was coming and they had this big statue of the Golden Buddha. So what, when, when they realized the enemy was coming, they decided to cover the Buddha in clay and, and, and make it as ugly as possible. So when they destroyed everything, they didn't need to get rid of this hideous looking thing. But what happened is like um, months became years and people began to, for- began to forget that the Buddha was actually golden, mm. right? Then one day a kid passing by noticed like some of the clay and the concrete had fallen off the fingers mm. and ran to the village and said, hey, you guys, you guys, the Buddha is golden. And mm. then they removed all these layers upon layers that was upon the golden Buddha. Mm. So looking at myself, it's more this the golden Buddha in myself was there. Mm. But it was all this layering I had to put up. Yeah, the unveiling to belong. Mm, yeah. And the other interesting thing about my personal story is when my family had me, like with, I mean, my mom, my dad, they didn't have the capacity to raise me. Mm. You know, I'd, I was born in a very small village in Kenya. And so, and she had me young mm. and my mother was not married. Mm. So she gave me up for adoption. Oh, so. Right. From the age of one to four, I lived with my grandmother. Mm. And I feel the reason I'm who I am today is because of those four years. Mm. Uh, I learned to be sovereign and I learned Mm. what love can do to a child those four years. Wow. Because the next God knows how many years for me was more about identity and sense of belonging. Uh Mm. Like my soul had already chosen that test you know so from having no siblings one day and tomorrow having 10 siblings and you look nothing like them oh whoa you know and going to school and other kids are going like ah oh, you look nothing like your sisters mm. you know mm. so and you're always hoping you can kind of blend in and nobody sure. will notice or say anything but i've come to realize it's helped me be able to live in australia you know sure. where i can't hide the color of my skin you know, so but you have to take whatever that comes with. Mm. Yeah. And how have you found that movie, like living here in Australia? And also, I, I mean, I wanted to ask you a lot about um, practicing African spiritual faith here. Mm. Um, how have you found that, especially in Brisbane? Oh, you know what? Your vibe attracts uh, your tribe. Um, uh, it has its challenges, you know, if you know what I mean. But at the same time, I realize there are certain people who will gravitate towards you. And like, for example, how I met you and I just said, you're like a sister. I, I felt it, you know. So you, you start meeting people who will who are more kind of like on your soul tribe, you know, soul group. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that way you find people you can connect. It doesn't matter what race, religion sure. they come mm. from, you'll just get along. 
Um, but the challenging thing with that is, uh, I mean, having the African spirituality, for example, is sometimes you don't know how quite to explain it. Yeah, you can't explain what you do, or people don't know. You know, they feel as if it, they can't relate to it. For example, uh, but one time I was in the sunshine because in New Sand I walked into a coffee shop, and the lady was like, "I felt your energy the moment you walked in." Mm-hmm. So, and then what I came to realize is I don't have to prove myself. Mm-hmm. The right people will feel me. Mm. And it's funny because one time I was having a psychic reading done and the psychic lady said this to me. She's like, oh my God, I can see your light. I can feel you. He says, but I don't want to say this, but you have to you have to know you live in a country where you'll have to deal with a lot of prejudice. Mm. Mm. So the people who gravitate towards you are the people who are going to feel your light. Mm. Mm. So that's the difference. And yet when I work in Kenya, for example, and I go put myself out for healing and people who are gravitated towards healing, um, then you realize there's no energetic barrier. There's no energetic barrier to cross through. Yeah. If you know what I mean, people are already open to it. I don't have to explain myself. I don't have to sure. express yeah. myself, sure. and um, it also comes from our tribal backgrounds. And I say to my friends because I speak a lot on inclusion and diversity, and I say, "Do you know when you meet another black person, you don't need to build rapport because mm. there's no energetic barrier. Mm. You already have an instant connection." Mm. And is that true even in African countries? Or is that more true outside of Africa? Do you know what I mean? Because like, yeah. I, f- I feel like, um, uh, like I, I, I can move through the world in a, in a different way. Like my father is, is very dark skinned, but because I'm mixed, I can, I can, people can see me and go, <laughs> whatever, you know, you, you, who knows what you are. And so, and so I've gotten interesting prejudice in my life, like yes. prejudice related to my, my, my sexual orientation or the way I'm expressing gender or the fact that I'm a witch, which yeah. can really... Yes. Um, but also people, because people can't exactly go, you are this, yeah. you know, which scares people. And so prejudice often works on being able to you know, like figure that out. So I'm, I'm wondering what have you noticed being in a place that is like that, like c- colonial narrative and yeah. is so alive here still. Like the British yeah. only came 200 years ago. Yeah. I know. And, and this, and the, like so many indigenous societies have been torn apart and yet they're still so strong. And, and, and our last guest was a, is a dear friend of mine, Sal, who's a Ngarago woman and UN woman who lives down in um, Darawal country mm. and, 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 and works with, and works with this every day of her life. And I, and I guess I'm wondering, like, and I've seen interesting um, connections between uh, people of African descent or people who've come over from African countries and Aboriginal people in Australia. Mm. And I'm wondering what your experience has been, if you have any, with, with yeah. in, Indigenous people here. Oh, I have a great connection mm. with Indigenous people here because I honour and acknowledge the ancestors. If mm. I need an answer in my life, a kookaburra comes and sits next to a tree where I am. Mm. I remember I was going through such a difficult challenge and seven kookaburras just flew by. So I know on this land I'm watched over. 
but I had to do a ceremony and a ritual to introduce myself to the land. It's beautiful. Mm. And so I introduced bad. myself to the mountain, I introduced yeah. myself to the waters. And when I drove off after the ritual, I saw a double rainbow. Yeah. And there's this word, nothing will touch you on this land. Mm. And what was interesting, it was like, don't let those who've been only here 200 years dictate dictate anything for you because we've been here 60,000 yeah. plus years yeah. and we've welcomed you with open arms. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. If only everyone took a leaf out of that book. I yeah. think we had similar discussion yeah. with Sal also talking about doing any sort of ritual on country yeah. and asking for permission to do you that. You have to ask for permission. And people who seem to not notice the difference between when they've been given permission and when they have not. <laughs> <laughs> I lived in Western Australia for 12 years before wow. I moved to the east coast and i worked a lot with the indigenous people in fact today on my facebook page i had a picture show up as a memory with me and some aboriginal kids fishing so different things we used to do in the community and that's where i learned to communicate with the ancestors Mm. and i used to ask my students um i used to ask them how do i contact the ancestors and they'd say tell them to send you a sign Mm. you have to ask them Mm. And so I was working with an Aboriginal friend um, and it was a place where they have rock art, 60,000 plus years Mm. worth. And I'm walking and I say, please ancestors, do send me a sign. Mm. So then we walk around and I'd see nothing. And we're just about to leave this sacred site. And swear to God, I see the largest python on my life. Mm. I jump out of my skin. I'm screaming (laughs) my head out. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, dear goodness, you know, like, just send me birds. That will do. (laughs) I want my signs the way I want them. That's right. You got this serpent. Uh, but but <laughs> later on when I connected with my friends were like, you know what, a sign is the the snake was a very powerful nice mm. sign and it's it's very honoring that they showed you the snake. And it didn't look as if it wanted to harm me. Yeah. I felt safe. It's just I didn't expect it. It's an immediate reaction. It's yeah. completely valid. With snakes in Australia you jump first. <laughs> in and Africa. you look later. Yeah, I'm sure it's the same. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So then the next time I was as as living Karatha, I went to thank the area said thank you for 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 honoring me for protecting me for that this has been my home and there's this place that the council of karatha uh did like a silhouette uh bronze of an aboriginal standing with a spear Mm. and it overlooks the ocean where the sunset rises and it's just a place to honor the dreaming Mm. and so that's the place where i was standing and i was just doing a thank you thank you because now i'm leaving karatha and seven birds from nowhere mm. just came up. It was on top of a hill, just singing and swirling. Mm. And everything in my being just weakened and I fell on my knees and I just wept. Mm. Yeah. And there's this portal, I see, and I could feel them, I could hear them, I could taste them, and they're going like, we got you. Mm. And that was an experience I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing it with us. That reminds me. I, that, that reminds me of this um, initiation ritual I was doing for a dear beloved, and I can't, you know, talk about the details. But there was one thing that happened. <laughs> There's this part of that ceremony where we we ask for a sign, and um, and I was carrying a particular goddess, and the other initiator was carrying a particular goddess in our bodies, doing this, you know, uh, um, incorporation work, and and. 
I remember my beloved <laughs> asked for this sign from them and the goddess in me, I can remember echoing. It will, it will never leave me because sometimes I remember, sometimes I forget. She said, you want a sign? And she held her arms up to the sky. And out of nowhere, this flock of birds just comes plunging down and swoops in three circles around our heads. And my beloved just dropped to the ground. And I was, and then the goddess left my body. And I was like, what? Because, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, yeah. Like, I mean, you know. You both know, like, and and many people listening to this will know, like, after a while, we know, like, our lives are drenched in this, Mm -hmm. but it's still awe-inspiring because the mystery is deep. The mystery doesn't end. Mm. Yes. And what I've learned to, and this I learned from a kahuna in Hawaii, is ask, please send me signs that Mm. I will understand. Oh, that's clever. Please send me signs that I, I will understand. Yeah. That is a clever kahuna. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sending my heart over to Hawaii this week as well. Ooh. Just oh, on that of topic. Of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, this, like, First Nations, Indigenous uprising. All, I mean, it's, all it's, around it's, the world. it's been happening for fucking generations. But, yeah. like, but, like, recently, like, with Uluru and the Sacred Mountain, whose name mm-hmm. I don't want to mispronounce, and just, and just still the waters in Turtle Island, North America, and mm. Bali, what's happening in my homeland of Bali. And it's just so profound um, in this time, the the first peoples and the cultures that have mm. lasted yeah. and have adapted and have so much wisdom. And I truly believe this, that that a lot of our problems that we have now can be solved if, if we listen to we first listened. peoples. Yeah. They have a lot of it. The, the ancestors have the answers. Yep. Yeah, and right now what's happening, these the, um, the rainbow warriors who've been born in every culture, every culture, and now what's happening, there's a rainbow bridge being built continent to continent. Because I do remember last year I went to Flow Festival where, you know, there was a Canadian healer, I was there, there was a Kahuna, just different healers bridging different continents and the Maoris and the who. And now it's really interesting to see how the ancestors are connecting even up there. Because everywhere I go, I take the African ancestors with me. Sure, yeah. <clears throat> so so whether if it's in America, whether it's in um, New Zealand, whether mm. it's in Australia. Yeah. So that the grand ancestral plan is what's actually unfolding mm. right now on the planet. Mm. Yeah, we carry the ancestors in our bodies. Like we mm. that that that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Simple yeah, fact. Stop. That's it. Simple fact. fact. Yeah. 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 But it's interesting and you were saying and it's said so often, but like sixty five plus million years. Thousand. Thousand years on the planet. Yeah. On yeah. in Australia, on the continent. And we in two hundred years in Australia have contributed to I don't want to get the numbers wrong now that 85% of of indigenous species we've got like the highest extinction rate going if we just asked how it was done for that time before us and maintained and that balance and relationship with country and with um, with the plants here with cultivation and and with the the systems of fishing all of that stuff we would be fine Mm. literally just ask how it's been done for so long 
without us? Yes. Something interesting happened to me once I developed, uh, once I reconnected with the ability to connect and speak with the ancestors directly. And I was doing a ceremony here in Australia, and I realized the white ancestors are there just as much as the oh, old ancestors. Of course. Mm. Yeah. And what they were telling me is they loved the land just as much, mm. you know. But what they're seeing now, because they're seeing everything through the bigger picture and mm. through what's called the heaven's eyes, they can see they did not know any better. Mm. And they even said, like, they wish they could have done some things better. Yeah. You know, especially when it comes to the pain that was caused. They just thought they were doing what was right. Mm. But now they're understanding what, how that has uh, transpired for their descendants through mm. their actions. Mm. And in the spiritual realm, the ancestors who are here 60 plus thousand years hold the higher realm. Mm. They're like the babies in the spirit world. Mm. But I realize they are white Australian ancestors as much as they are the first nation or the first ancestors mm. of Australia yeah. in the spirit world just yeah. as much. That makes a lot of sense to and me. And they need to yeah. be honoured and acknowledged oh, as I've, well. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. All our ancestors do. Yeah. And I think it's also important in ancestral work to um, acknowledge when the trauma is a little too much. Because I, um, I meet a lot of people in my in my line of work who are, who are of European descent living in colonised countries who hold so much trauma in their bodies because, you know, and I, my mother is of Irish, Scottish, British descent and, and, and who have been displaced, who have been torn away in some, in some cases from their countries for stealing a loaf of bread. Some of them went freely, freely. Um, and, and, the, and the pain in them and, the, and forgetting their ancestral traditions. Mm. And then, of course, the first pain or not that, well, like then you have the church, you have Rome, you have all of these different skirmishes and a lot of war in the history of Europe, um, just as in the history of all across the world. Um, and it's important as well to, you know, drench the ghosts, feed them, make sure they're not hungry, elevate them, bring them into the light of their own self-awareness. And I do, I do think like a lot of people ask me, well, what's practical about magic? I'm like, if magic isn't practical, if ceremony isn't practical, then then it's nothing. Yeah. Like this stuff actually does work and it does have an effect on us. Like when we, when we work with our ancestors and heal the trauma in our ancestral lines, it affects us and our descendants and the planet. And that's what I hear you saying. I have a, I have a question for you. It, so, it sounds like um, that, you went, that you came... Uh, from Kenya to Australia and, and then in Australia you discovered your African spirituality. That is the most weird thing ever. Could you talk about that? That's super exciting you to know, me. You know, because oh, this is the interesting thing. When the missionaries went to Africa, right, they taught us one thing, which is the Bible. And now when I go back, I'm like, wow, there's so many people who became even worse than the people who introduced the Bible. Yeah, I mean, that's true. they have studied mm. the Bible. They go to church every day. I'm talking of people who are living in poverty, but donate to the church. Yeah. yeah. Do you see what I mean? That yeah. is just no cool. Yeah. So I grew up Christian and... And like I'm talking of every school I went to was Catholic in Kenya. Yeah. Right. And what we had was we had to say the rosary mm. every day. Mm. Uh, you go to high school, we had mass every day. Yeah. I mean, I can do the order of mass in my sleep. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but what is interesting, what I later realized, that was just blabbing my mouth. It never connected with my heart. Do you know the first time I connected with Mother Mary? 
I was doing Vipassana meditation in Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> How crazy is yeah. that? I'm like, Mother Mary? Like I did rosary the entire of mm. my childhood. And, and, and never felt it in your soul? I never felt it in my soul. I love Mother Mary. Mm. She's Me beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. We, mm. we can connect with any of, of these masters. Mm. It doesn't matter. Archangel yeah. Michael and what? The great ones. Mm. So for me, where my journey started, um, I was in an engineer in safety boots, overalls, <laughs> helmet, gloves, right? And uh, one time I'm working somewhere and I see Reiki classes mm-hmm. and something drew me to that. And uh, I went to see the teacher and for some strange reason, no one else signed up for that class. And she was psychic. So she was like, she was being told, this student, you need to work with her alone. Mm. But when we did my attunement in Reiki, she just went like, wow. If people are attuned at 240 volts in their first level, you had attuned at 33,000 volts on your first level. Like, so she was like, it was all there sitting down waiting for you. So now when she opened that dam, weird things just started happening in my <laughs> life. Like I'm walking somewhere, then I met an Aboriginal guy and he says to me, Oh, your colors are golden and yellow. You carry the, the energy of your ancestors. But now let me tell you the most weird thing that ever happened to me. Because mm. I have so many weird stories. <laughs> <laughs> this is the podcast for mm. that. Uh-huh. We love it. <laughs> I, I go to Bali and I was thinking, you know, that's it. Um, I'm going for a yoga retreat, you know, just to relax myself. And I meet a lady, her name was Rosie. She was Australian. And, and, and Rosie's guru was the Mahaguru of that ashram where we're staying in. So Mahaguru, who had been her teacher, had told her, you need to go back to Africa and do a ritual in the three main mountains in East Africa. She's a white Australian woman in her 60s, right? Because from her past life, there's some work she left incomplete. So all this was happening before I even met her. Mm. So she'd already been to Kenya. So when I went to the ashram, everyone is like, have you met Rosie? She's been to Kenya. Have you met Rosie? She's been to Kenya. So when I finally met her, because there are three mountains. So Mount Kenya is where I was born. Mount Kilimanjaro is the one in Tanzania. And then there's Mount Meru, which is weird because I come from the Meru tribe. So and those three mountains form like a funny triangle. And what she'd done is to go on each side of those mountains and anchored light. Mm. Right. So we're meeting after she'd already done the work like years ago. Mm. And so she says to me, um, she's like, she held my hand when she met me. And she's like, I'll take you to the altar. I want to show you something. I'm being told you need to hold this. Mm. I'm in Bali. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, where I'm in from. In an ashram <laughs> in Bali. I know that's another coincidence. <laughs> and she places to me crystals she picked up in the Mount Kilimanjaro in my hand. Mm. I was here sitting cross-legged in front of Ganesh, the big statue of Ganesh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and... And all my ancestors line up. Mm. And all I'm saying to them is, I came here for yoga. <laughs> and they're like, yep, here's yoga. Yep. <laughs> you got it. And now Rosie goes like, here's the baton. Mm. You need to take this and run. Wow. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I can feel it. You know, I yep. can feel the veracity, the truth of it. Mm-mm. Um. And so, so you're in Bali, which is <laughs> so, so funny. funny. <laughs> and um, and you and you come back to Australia. 
And then what? And then how do you how do you like relearn or rediscover tra- like your African spirituality? So, one thing led to another. Um, the next stop, when I decided to leave engineering, I decided to go travel the world, and I could train with the teachers, um, the best teachers I could find. So my first stop was to go do soul coaching with Denise Lane because uh, I'd met her in a Hay House, con- Hay House conference like years ago. And I always knew I wanted to do soul coaching. So I'm sitting at home. I'm going like, well, no job. Don't know what I want to do with my life. Then I'm like, wow, I've always wanted to do soul coaching. Let me go apply for it. So I write to them and they go like, oh, well, we have one in April and one in May. Which one are you interested? I'm like, well, I'm in Bali in April. I can't do that. How about me? She's like, "Uh, I think that class is full, but I'll check for you. Mm. So the next morning, something woke me up at five in the morning and says, can you call them? Don't email so I get up and I ring the US and Denise Lynn picks up the phone mm. <laughs> and she just goes like, hi, is this Brenda? Because I used to use my English name then. Hi, is this Brenda? I say, what? She's like, can you believe it? You got the last spot in class and this is the last year I'm teaching it. Mm. Done. Thank you very much. Mm. I'm like, talk of alignment. So it was interesting. And then by then I'm just thinking the coincidence is just unbelievable. One thing just leading to another. So when I did soul coaching program, and that's one of the things that I help people do is to get rid of those layers so they can find that golden Buddha within, you know, the magnificent self where you connect with the wisdom of your soul. Because what I loved about soul coaching, it removes away the clutter on a mental, emotional, spiritual and physical level so that you can connect directly to your own soul. And so when I went and did that, one of the things that came out so clear was what my life purpose was. And and it was just the idea of surrendering. But what, what happened afterwards is when I went now to Hawaii where I met the kahuna, and I think I was thinking, am I a healer or am I an engineer? And I didn't know what to do. And then she said to me, first when she met me, she said, thank you for being here and bringing your light. What's your name? I said, my name is Brenda. She said, you're not Brenda. That's not the name the ancestors gave you. I say, say, well, in Kenya, I use Kegeni. And she's like, she just got goosebumps all over her hands. And she's like, you know what? That's the name your ancestors want you to use. Now, little did I know in that name, in its vibration, in its energy carries my purpose. Mm. Names are very important. Mm. So half of me owning my name, a lot of what I can call it my magnificence just was pulled out of my akash. Because mm. I remember we were doing a hoponopono cleansing in the ocean and I'm walking and I can see rings of light around my feet. And I went to see the kahuna and she said, that's a gift you're given by the ancestors because your ancestors could do that when they walked upon the land. Mm. They could clear the land they walk on with their feet. Mm. So there were all these things that were just coming through. And it's me learning it. I'm me learning me mm. this mm. whole time. Yeah. But what I'd like to share with you is when I asked her, so what am I meant to be? Uh, she said to me, don't think like a human think like God. Mm. So she's like, instead say this prayer, which was, dear God within, please place me in my sweet spot today and every day. Send me signs that I will understand and hold my hands and show me. And since I started saying that prayer, 
I'm even doing this podcast because of it. <laughs> yep. Shade to that. Mm. <sighs> I'm going to keep, I'm, I'm just letting that wash over me. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to no, keep yeah. that. Yeah. It's really interesting. A tra- one of the traditions that I work within has Hawaiian spirituality influence. And, um, and so that prayer you just shared is very similar to some that we use in our tradition. So I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, I, I feel it. Feel it. I feel it, yeah. But what I want to highlight when you're saying with African spirituality, what fully unlocked me, so now the next thing was for me to embrace Kageni. Mm. What fully made me realize what I was given was when I did Aya. Okay. When I did Aya, I started dancing during the ceremony. Mm. And I'm not saying I was dancing, my body was moving. Mm. And when I was moving, I could see with every move, the thousands of years that move has been done and all my ancestors doing it mm. at the same time. Yeah. And I channeled everything they needed me to learn mm. in one Aya session. And where um, where did you work with Aya? Mm. Where were you? <laughs> <laughs> like what land? Uh, I was actually here in Australia. Oh, wow, wow. Mm. That's awesome. It's so interesting. Like you, you have... Um, you, you Everything ca- is in your DNA. Well, of course. That's what I came to realize. Yeah, yeah. And once that can be unlocked. Yeah. And I know that Mother Aya can do that. I personally have never been called by her, mm-hmm. but um, I know many people who have been in my life and, and, and have gone to her. Mm. And um, yes, that that is what they have relayed. And I have found that in other ways. Like yeah. I've never... It, like. I'm the kind of person that unless I'm called, I, I like I just respectfully go, no, thank you. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. You've you've you, you you were born in Kenya. You you came to Australia. You lived in Western Australia, and you've been to Bali and Hawaii, and I'm sure many other places. And you've tasted all of this stuff, um, all of this, all of these wisdom traditions, and that helped bring you home. Yes, it did. So now it's like it all comes into one bucket, and I say now I'm an energy engineer. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Can you still keep the the vest and the helmet? Of course, we could get you a uniform. <laughs> I would be one of those. Mm. Mm. That's interesting. I think it's interesting as well that three of us here all have our well, an interest in, if not backgrounds in dance, as mm. well as spiritual practice. Oh, there's nothing better suited for the human body than dance. Mm. Mm. And it's interesting, like, um, now is when I realized the African, especially the African culture, they've never lost it since beginning of time. Mm. Since beginning of time. Mm. And that's why I was like, you know, they'll have all the uh, problems in the world, but you'll find them dancing. Mm. And they can, and because what the ancestors taught me was when when they danced, right? Because some of these things have been forgotten, was to honor the God within. Mm honor the God within because that's where you connect with joy mm. Mm. and that's powerful very much so I mean it's how we meet the the God within ourselves and also in aspecting in, in ritual mm-hmm. the way that we find pathways to the gods mm. and their I don't know their, their individual rituals because as you were saying with particular movements mm-hmm that are done you can see it reflected throughout history throughout time and in that moment in that moment of dance or performing even Mm. time stops time does not exist Mm. and you're all at once all together 
Yes, and there's another interesting thing you'd like to know about dance. When you're dancing, all the elementals in the room are dancing with you. Mm. Mm. The room is actually so full. Yes. <laughs> the ancestors are dancing there. I, I just love it. Mm. Even when you're dancing alone, the room is full. Of course. Always. Yeah. <laughs> Makes yeah. me feel better about my underpants dancing at home <laughs> when I'm cleaning the house. Mm-hmm. I'm not alone. Yeah. No. But just to Never. answer your question on African spirituality, I mm. think... That opened the pipeline mm. for me, pipeline to the higher self to learn directly. Mm. And when I connected with Yamaya, who's one of the Orishas, mm. you know, um, the African gods, mm. uh, what was considered back then, because we have local names for gods, mm. you know, and like Mwenenyaga is the word we use, you know, and Mwenenyaga, all the ancestors would face the mountain at sunrise when the sun rises. And so when you see like a tradition where in the morning you stand and all your ancestors line up with you just to honor and greet the day. And then the next thing would be to claim the energy of the day because every day comes with a different energy. And you choose where to put that energy. Is it in my planting? Is it in my harvesting? Is it in healing my body? So there's all this wisdom that I think that has been lost during time. Mm. Mm. And now start connecting with other African healers. Mm. And it has really strengthened my spiritual faith. Yeah. Because, like, for example, I have a friend, um, she's from Zimbabwe, Mm. and her totem animal is the elephant. Mm. So when we connected and unified, she's got the lion, I've got the elephant. Mm. So so it just works in a miraculous way. Yeah. You know, and now I have my sister here, Mm. I've got her guides, and she's Mm. got my guides. Mm. So it just keeps on amplifying yeah Yeah. we've all felt that when we find each other like you were saying before our vibe creates our tribe and that it's a process of revealing the the inner truth and people who i know speak to us in the shop even they've discovered whether it's witchcraft or Mm. druidry and for them it feels like a rediscovering of something they already knew or something they already felt they did every day Mm. and that each page they turn they're like oh hang on i've Mm. always done that or my grandmother used to do that or my mother always did that but my mum might not have even known why we did it Mm. but that it's a rediscovering of and it seems as though that's a very similar thing that what you're describing but it feels like home and it feels like truth but it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's a stranger there's something else that people who live in, like I say, I call this village consciousness, they know, which is when you meet someone, you exchange your essence with them. You know when you shake somebody's hand mm. Mm. or when you greet them, when you acknowledge them, a part of your essence flows to them and a part of their essence flows to you. Yeah. Mm. And you two live when you're changed. You're different people now. Mm. Because we are energy beings mm-hmm. and we carry a different frequency. Mm-hmm. So someone can give you strength when you needed strength. Someone can give you a sense of peace when you need peace. But what happened, we, we, we live in such a busy world where people shut other people's essences. Yeah. And as I said again, also with things like prejudice, where mm. they can't see past the orientation, past the religion, mm. plus the color. Mm. So a lot of people are isolated spiritually, not just physically. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Well, you know, at the at the end of the day, in the beginning of the day, those things are all the same. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the that's the issue. You know, I I've, I often talk about how I think that one of the deepest traumas this world and reality is in is this 
strange belief that people are convinced of that the spirit and the matter are different mm. and that they're not the one song that is sung throughout the entire infinite, you know. And so, of course, all of this kind of poison and tox- toxic ideologies, they then go on to when we carry them and they affect us and then they, we we affect and infect. And, and so, I think that what i what i've noticed all over the world is this renaissance and revival of healing everywhere like all over the world mm. and um and the power of that and the camaraderie and the solidarity of that and and what you're talking about kagani with the um like the like the knowing everything you need to know in that transmission you know like i've had i've actually had several of those experiences and like a lot of what i'm doing is trying to um, revive um, a lot of the healing and shamanistic and ecstatic magical traditions of, um, of of Celtic Britain and Ireland through my mother's line. I don't have to do that with my father's line. It's intact wow. because it's, you know, Bali. You've been to Bali. You get it. You've seen it. But in, it's a but living it, culture. Yeah, it's, it's profound. Hmm. But, but, but my mother's ancestral countries are very affected by invasion, war, hmm. occupation. And um, str- when the church... Came Came and they were animists and pagans and they venerated the the land and the river and the mountain and the tree and the and the wind and their ancestors they had ancestral traditions mm. and and that did carry over because you can't forget that so a lot of those people who were then going to church still did all that stuff mm. but there is this teaching in the church which i think is so poisonous this original sin that we're yep. born into the world sinful and we're born dirty yeah yep. and that has that has really affected culture huge repercussions right yeah. across yes it's so interesting because and i agree with you I'm, I'm becoming more aware of the stories i buy into mm, stories yeah the stories we buy and and we take it as, as our truth because I remember when I connected with the ancestors and I was going like, I asked Yamaya, like, is there anything wrong with my color? Is there anything? She's the goddess and mother of all mothers and she's an African woman. And she just gave me this look like, darling, does it look as if it bothers me? <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, that was a response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You asked for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it goes like, so, and, and that's why I really reconnected with the ancient prayer of the ancestors, which is, I am magnificent. I was born magnificent. I carry the light and the love of the creator. In every cell of my being, 50 trillion cells and the entirety of my being that exists even beyond the cosmos, my higher self. And I shine my light as a piece of God I deserve to be here. As an appropriate part of creation, I am shining my light. I'm a force for good. And all my needs are abundantly supplied because I am. Magnificent. Yes. <laughs> okay, I don't Girl. want to break it. Is that, that, I think yeah. there we go. I almost, yeah. 
Lucky this is recorded, my darling, so I can listen to that again. Yeah. I think that needs to be That will go out into for, all the worlds. Yeah, to all the worlds mm. and to, to all of our listeners. So thank you for sharing thank you that so too. Much. It's the high time we start claiming our magnificence. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree. And realizing we are gods Ye- walking on earth. Yes. yes, thank you. And this the time for it. Yep. Gods amongst gods. On my website now, which is coolofmagnificence.com. Thank you. We were going to ask you that. Go for it. I love it. We're going to plug all of it. We want all Um, of it, darling. Helping people remember the God within. Yes. And one of the things I learned on this journey is the ancient word for the human body was saule. Sa is the purest form of love with no resistance. The God source love. Sa, S A H. U is a receiver. And Le is the emitter. So the vessel, the human body, was designed to be a receiver of the sa and the emission, the emitter of the sa. That's all we're here for. But when we emit it, we transform it based on our essence. Someone else will do it in a painting. Someone else will do it in a podcast. Someone else will do it in a song. But you have to honor what's called your banakuma, your ability to be a creative being mm. and transform the sa into something good, beautiful, and holy for the world, mm. for the highest good of all. Mm. So, according to the ancestors, illness and sickness is brought about by blocking the sa. Because mm. mm. don't forget, we've got millions of little nerve cells, electrical chakra systems, nadis, meridians that distribute this sa. Mm. You know, where they call it prana, where they call it chi, where sure. they call it reiki. They call it ashe. <laughs> All right? And that's, that's the whole idea of it. So when you say you're working as an African healer, I'm working as a healer, mm. you help people identify where those blocks are. Mm. You know, and is it being formed at a thought level? Is it an emotional level? But what's also interesting, when I work with people, it's not only just knowing the symptom it's about going to the root cause. Mm. But when you go to the root cause, you also have to make sure you get rid of the emotional charge around the problem. Mm. The emotion, that, and working to the root of the issue. Mm. Yeah. So if anyone is interested, go to my website and book one hour session mm. with me. I actually have a special, um, I am magnificent special. You can just go put your. Give us the website again www.schoolofmagnificence.com and my name is Kageni. Walk tall, heads held high, as if you have a hundred thousand ancestors behind you because you are magnificent. I think we have to end on that beautiful note. Kageni, I just want to thank you so much for coming in to talk to us. And I hope that we can invite you back again. Yes, again, I also want to share your information. And when you do have a dance class, you know you've got two of your first students right here. Yeah, as we want to be there. Um, blessings to everyone mm. who's who's been privy to this wonderful mm. conversation. And I want to thank both of you, wonderful people, for being here with me tonight and in this wonderful studio. Love and love, 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 to love, everyone. Love. Good night. That lay beneath the wolf sky without the dark clouds falling and omen apparition and with the thunder rolling our how preceded the storm we lay beneath the wolf sky we lay beneath the wolf sky
This has been the Antipodean Arts Podcast. Music by Wendy Rule. The song is Wolf Sky.